0: Hard to believe we're almost coming up on a year since that happened. Oh, we are. Time flies. Thanks so much for being with us here until 8 o'clock and then Nighttime Live. Kind of year in review coming up here with Bob on vacation. It's a pleasure to have with us one of our favorite and frequent guests, John Holler from the Viking Update. Vikingupdate.com, 247sports.com will get you with all his uh, Vikings writings. Hello, John. How are you?
1: No, I'm all right. I just love that you keep that version, not the sanitized version of uh, Paul's call—the one where Pete Bursich stomps all over it as the color man.
0: Yeah, the the Adobe edition editing of that—I just have to do it a little bit. So, well, he kind of (laughs) caught. Did you hear the? uh, He kind of jumped up with the touchdown, and they said it simultaneously. It was like that jinx. Thing you know, that, right? Uh, on on Sunday too. So he he stu- He jumped all over him. At- Paul must have patience with it, I guess. Because
1: oh he- yeah, yeah, he does. But I was there. You couldn't hear each other, um, even with headsets on. So I I can only imagine when he heard it back that there probably was a backroom slapping. But you know, when a radio guy slaps an NFL player, it rarely turns out well. So he probably kept that to himself.
0: It, it is one of those. I can forgive the color commentator for jumping all over him in that one more than others. You know what I'm getting at, right? Because that was so remarkable. That one would be kind of hard not to at least do something as you're sitting there, because you know. And, and the thing is, is that Pete's very much a professional. At that, but he's all in, right? I mean, right, he's, right. He he is a Viking now through and through. Much of his uh, much of his income over the years has been paid through by whether it be. Red McCombs or the uh, Wilfs, uh, he he owes a little bit, so he wears that logo proudly.
1: He's a good company man,
0: yes, and, it's, and he's a good guy too. So, oh yeah, yeah, and uh, but you no, know, it's just kind of
1: he used to do no smoking and uh, the cure for quitting smoking commercials. Oh yeah. And and at halftime, me and him and Paul would have heaters outside of the <laughs> metronome. So it seemed a little disingenuous that he's cashing checks for, you know, hey, do what I did and and join this, you know, patch whatever thing that'll help you quit smoking or some program. And I'm like, well, I guess it didn't take. Well, but he, he's also one of he's also one of the few people in the 21st century I've seen smoke a pipe. So. Well, <laughs> smoking pipes is a lost well, art for him, apparently.
0: He, he just, he, well, being a Chicago guy, he still has a lot of uh, endearment for Hugh Hefner. So, you know, you Yes.
1: Know. Who doesn't? I mean, really, when you come right down to it, I based much of my adult life after Hugh's teachings. So, well, yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat.
0: I want to anyway, you know. Um, No, he is, well, listen, if it makes you feel any better, there was a time, and and it worked for me at the time, it worked for him at the time, but the uh, late, great, dark star and I both did body solutions, so, I mean, you know, and I I did lose some weight with it, but I found it again, so.
1: Yeah, there it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It didn't take long to find it again, that is for (laughs) sure. All right, uh, well, it's uh, kind of a big week. I I don't know what the guys are saying, I mean. I'll say this. If you just look at this NFL schedule, and they got all the dud games at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern time, noon our time, and they did that right. in a pretty quick hurry. And so they put all the uh, big games on at 325, which you could argue. I don't know how you feel about this. But then, you know, with all these games being regional, you're kind of uh, diluting your market a little bit too.
1: Yeah. Th- I think the one thing that they always try to do on that this final week is – all times are tentative. There's no game scheduled for Sunday night, so they're looking for the game that a has the most significance. So the you know they they finally found a win and in scenario, lose and out scenario right. with uh, Tennessee, Indy, and I'm not sure if you or the listeners are aware of this, but if things fall right, it'll take like four things to happen. But Tennessee could be going into that. Sunday night game with the chance to get a first round by or be eliminated completely from the playoffs. Unbelievable. I mean, that's you want to talk about some big stakes. If New England and Baltimore lose, there's the chance that they would, and, and Houston loses to the Jags, there's the chance that if, if Indy wins, it won't happen. If Indy wins under the scenario, it would be New England still getting the number two. But because Tennessee put the boots to them three, about three weeks ago down in uh, Nashville, if there is a scenario by which Tennessee, if they win, they get a first-round bye. If they lose, you're done. And it's just like, I, I'm not sure it ever has been bigger than that.
0: No, that's for sure. Well, you can look at this <laughs> game with the Sunday night because I originally thought last Sunday when I was doing Couch potato radio, I said, well, could the Vikings get flexed? Cause, and I, I was looking at, it and then I saw, well, uh, Tennessee and, and the Colts, because this essentially, and I'm a big, uh, amateur wrestling fan, as you know, and they always have these sure. pigtail matches, right. To get mm-hmm. you, And this is like a pigtail match to get you into the tournament, essentially.
1: Right. And you know, the thing with the Vikings game, I, if, if I had my brother's, uh, they would have, Chicago would have lost to the Rams because then it would have been absolutely meaningless right. to Chicago. Uh, they probably would have rested most of their guys because under the scenario that we're looking at right now, um, it's almost certain that if the Vikings win, they're going to turn right around and go back to Chicago. So uh, they'll play the Bears two weeks running.
0: Well, and I think there's always the joke we don't want the scoreboard up because we don't want it to affect what we're doing on the field. You know, if the Rams are putting the boots of the 49ers, if I'm Zimmer, I want that score like, you know, all up there all the time, right? If it's 34 yes. 10, Rams or the 49ers, which is a possibility, you're just blaring that right at the head coach of Chicago all the time.
1: Yes. And nobody wants to see anything on the Philly game because, you know, it's. I, when we were talking, as far back as you know, right after the draft, when you're looking at, you know, you've got Kirk Cousins has come in. Uh, I think we were a little divided on that. I wasn't as big a. I, I was far from all in on him, just from what I had seen over the years in Washington. Where, yes, he can make some great throws, but there's something wrong when a team won't commit. They're willing to give you a one-year franchise tag twice. And then they move on from you by signing Alex Smith, who is good, He's a, but he's he's like the ultimate game manager. He's not a guy who's going to, by himself, put the offense on his shoulders and lead you into the playoffs. So I was always a little down on it, but we, we were looking at it that the only real difference is that Tom Johnson and Shamar Stefan are gone and Sheldon Richardson is in. On defense and all they've done is add more depth behind their starters so i don't think either one of us thought 13 and 3 was going to be a realistic possibility given the schedule they had this year but i don't think anyone would have predicted that the vikings going into week 17 have to win this game to just to assure themselves the number six seed It, it just doesn't seem uh Possible, but we've seen it play out throughout the year. The slow starts the offense gets off to. I mean, I'm not sure what was going through your mind last week against Detroit, but if you go back and watch that game, the plays that were made at key times by the defense in the first 26 minutes of that game saved them. I, I think had they been in against uh, New Orleans or the Rams, that it, that would have been seventeen nothing instead of nine nothing, and we'd be talking a whole different bag of fish today.
0: Oh, you're exactly right there. You know they were uh, bending but not breaking on defense because that could have been twenty one ripping or hurry. It was very reminiscent Easy. of the of the Bills game at home and just the way right. it started so slowly. They weren't turning the ball over, but it was just they couldn't get out of their own way.
1: But the funny thing is, is the defense they were getting frustrated with each other. And, uh, that guys were just trying to do too much. They were doing things that weren't really in keeping with the system that Zimmer runs. Cause if you remember when they had some struggles a year or two ago, when the players went rogue, do you remember this? When oh, guys yes. like Xavier Rhodes went rogue and said, I didn't like that call. And you're going, Oh boy, this thing's coming apart at the seams. I, I think they had that same smell back about right after the bye week And if you look over the last two months, there's been no better pass defense in the league than the Vikings. I mean, they were, they lose to new Orleans, but they held drew Brees to 120 yards. You know, if not for turnovers, they wouldn't have lost that game. Tom Brady did nothing until the fourth quarter when the offense for the Vikings was just so bad that they, the defense just got gassed in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, two big plays and boom, 24 points on the board and it's done, you know? So the Vikings aren't that far away from being a good team. The only problem is, is they've you know zero and five against the teams that are uh, have already punched their ticket to the playoffs. So it's like, yeah, they beat the bad teams. They don't beat the good teams. So they've you know they're going to have to prove something on Sunday to uh, reverse that trend. But if they get in, I would not want to be a team facing them right now. Because if they can ever put both sides of the ball together, and, and of course, special teams, if they can put those phases together, they have the same makeup that had an eight-game winning streak last year.
0: John Hollers with us, Viking Update, uh, vikingupdate.com, 247sports.com. You mentioned it, though, the Vikings, if they put it together, are hot. You you look at all 12 of the teams that are going to go into the playoffs this year, though it's not bad. There's not a gimme amongst any of them, I don't think. I think New Orleans Agreed. will be tough to beat at home, but no one really wants to step up and say, hey, we're the guys right now. Look at the Chiefs last week.
1: Right. You know, it's it's one of those every time. You know, I've always said that each game you kind of have to look at it almost like a movie, you know, where this is the kind of movie that we're seeing today and how the early part plays out is how the game goes, where, you know, you see a Los Angeles team that goes up and down the field and, you know, the with Kansas City and put up a ton of points, and then all of a sudden they play a defensive game against Chicago, and it's 14-6. to 6. You know, you're like, how can these possibly be the same teams that we're seeing? The, you know, somebody steps up and, and knocks, you know, the Patriots beat the Chiefs, and then Tennessee beats the Patriots, and how do you figure that? Do you know what I mean? Where one week every team that's in the playoffs looks like a world beater. If you watch that Dallas-New Orleans game, you would have thought Dallas was playing for number one seed, not New Orleans.
0: Exactly right. Well, I think the biggest and and kind of why we are where we're at here is now the Eagles with uh, the Super Bowl MVP decide that they're going to be a team that you wouldn't want to play either.
1: And, you know, they should have lost to Houston. Uh, That was, I'm not sure if you saw the end of that game. Uh, Deshaun Watson leads them all the way down the field, and then their defense just gasses out and allows the Eagles to kick a field goal at the end of the game to win it. And a couple stupid penalties along the way against Houston. But, I mean, games are just that close this year. I, I honestly think that because of the proliferation of the passing game, you can be down by 17 now. That used to be a death now. You know, it's like, you three scores down, forget about it. You know, let's just mail the rest of this in. Now you're down by 17. It is far from being the death sentence because teams can move up and down the field so fast. And every team has that five receiver, four receiver set that they can just march the ball up and down the field in a no huddle and put 14 points on the board in four minutes.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, well, I don't, I would hate that. I would never bet in the NFL because, like we were mentioning, how do you bet on any of these teams right now? Right. I, would, I mean, for the Saints, you like because they're at home, but outside of that, I just, I wouldn't want to put any of my mortgage on it. I'll tell you that right now. It's just, it's such a goofy league, but it's why it's great, too. It's why it's second to none because this weekend, week 17 for so many teams matters so much, and you just don't get that in other sports.
1: Right. And I just, with the way that I, I think the saints defense is a little overrated and, you know, cause one of the things I work on when it, when it comes to uh, NFL is the big plays, explosive plays over the top. And the saints are almost last in the league as far as allowing passes of 25 or more yards. And If you're a team that fits that, you know I mean? For the Vikings right now, teams have figured out if we double Thielen and Diggs or put a shutdown guy on Diggs and bracket Thielen and force the Vikings to go somewhere else, they're going to have problems. The only reason I think that Rudy had such a huge game last week was because they didn't have the linebackers to run down the field with him, and you throw in the Hail Mary there. That kind of padded his numbers a little bit. But Rudolph could not stand John D. Filippo. And if you ever listen to Cousins' press conferences, when he talks about, you know, we run that play ten times this year, and the one time there was a pick six was because a guy didn't make a block. Well, that guy turned out to be Kyle Rudolph. And I just don't think him and, and Cousins are on the same page at all which is sad really. Really. So they do not get along.
0: So okay, so we're breaking some news here. So Rudolph didn't really do it with De Filippo and Cousins that just isn't meshing.
1: Right. I mean, De Filippo would not call, you know, the the thing about a receiver is you can be the greatest receiver in the league, but if the play is not called to come your way, if you're the third option on that play, odds are you're not going to get the ball. And conversely if the quarterback doesn't have confidence in you i mean he went through he, you won't get the ball he'll he'll look he goes nope he wasn't there and he can justify it in his own head and he will throw he'll check down to a running back or he'll throw a little 3 yard hitch to the receiver who is just standing on the other side of the line of scrimmage as, as another option and rudolph has been used over the last 2 months much more as a blocker than he has been as a receiver I mean, if you ever listen to any of his Thursday press conferences that they put on the Vikings website and just listen how he talks about his role in the offense, I mean, he went 11 games without a touchdown before Sunday. It's the longest stretch of his entire career. And for the previous four years, He had led the league. He had more touchdowns in the red zone than Rob Gronkowski or Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey, any of those guys. He led the NFL in touchdowns in the red zone for a receiver. And when you consider the carousel of quarterbacks that he had through that period, you know, you had Teddy, you had Bradford, you had Case Keenum. They all found a way to use that weapon in the red zone. Cousins doesn't use it because he doesn't. The two of them just do not click. And it's sad, you know, that you have a guy that if they're going to take Diggs away, if they're going to take Thielen away, Rudolph should be gigantic. And I think it was only the fact that the two of them had to hook up this last week. I mean, you look at some of those target numbers for the weeks leading up to the Detroit game. It's absurd. I mean, Kyle Rudolph should not be targeted three times and catch two passes for 31 yards. That's just not the guy they paid for. We're talking
0: with John Holler from the Viking Update, vikingupdate.com, 247sports.com. You mentioned it, too, that uh, you said something before about 0-5 against the teams going into the playoffs, so this would be a big win for them. You know, what scares right. what scares me about that with two more years left on this huge contract is that's kind of been the reputation for Kirk Cousins, too, right? I mean, yeah. looking oh, at yeah. giving you fantasy football numbers, touchdowns, he's got the nice arm. You know, he can sling it, but as far as winning football games, it just hasn't been there for him.
1: Right, and when he gets into the biggest game of the season, he doesn't bring it. I mean, how many times have we seen this offense come out when we saw it against the Rams early? Granted, they picked it back up, and that turned into just kind of a shootout. But when they were playing against the Saints, They got off to a really slow start offensively. When they played New England, they got off to a really slow start offensively against Chicago. They were brutal. You know, uh, they were giving up points on offense there. You know, the big knock against Kirk Cousins is bad ball security and the catastrophic passing decision the play that will turn into a pick six or a big interception in the red zone. And I think, you know, that was the book on Kirk cousins where he's going to throw a handful of passes every game that you rewatch and you go, wow, not a lot of guys are going to make that pass and put it right there. You know, I, I still harken back to the thread, the needle touchdown against green Bay that he threw to uh, uh Phelan. but it's, At the same time, he does the big mistake. I'm not saying he's a choke artist or anything, but it just doesn't seem to be in his DNA. You know, where he was, when they were playing, the week they were playing New England, he said, you know, if I had the answers to that, because it's like, you know, how is it that the Patriots always seem to win? And they always seem to, even if they struggle, pull it back together. And he said, if I knew that, I'd be the greatest quarterback in the league which basically said to me, I know I'm not the greatest quarterback in the league. I'm just one of the highest paid.
0: (laughs) Well, he's on the big stage coming up here. Uh, 2.30 is the pregame show. 3.25 is the kickoff.